Hello, good Friday morning for Oaks Church. It's October 27th. So glad that you've joined us for this last installment of our devotional series for this week. We have, of course, been in one of the most controversial, disconcerting passages in all the New Testament, uh, the passage about the blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. Now, um, let me read this passage, just try to briefly recap um, where we've been, and then sort of tie all the loose ends together as we head into the sermon on this text on Sunday. So here we go, Matthew 12, verse 22. Then a demon-oppressed man who was blind and mute was brought to him, and he healed him, so that the man spoke and saw. And all the people were amazed and said, Can this be the son of David? But when the Pharisees heard it, they said, It is only by Beelzebul, the prince of demons, that this man casts out demons. Knowing their thoughts, he said to them, Every kingdom divided against itself is laid waste, and no city or house divided against itself will stand. And if Satan casts out Satan, he is divided against himself. How then will his kingdom stand? If I cast out demons by Beelzebul, by whom do your sons cast them out? Therefore, they will be your judges. But if it is by the Spirit of God that I cast out demons, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. Or how can someone enter a strong man's house and plunder his goods unless he first binds the strong man? Then indeed he may plunder his house. Whoever is not with me is against me. And whoever does not gather with me scatters. Therefore, I tell you, every sin and blasphemy will be forgiven people, but the blasphemy against the Spirit will not be forgiven. And whoever speaks a word against the Son of Man will be forgiven, but whoever speaks against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven, either in this age or in the age to come. Now, I'm going to do something dangerous, and that is I'm going to assume that you have tracked with the previous four days of devotionals, which really unpack this, um, this text in detail, okay? Where, where we do the exegesis, we look at the context, what is Jesus saying, what is he not saying? Um, I'm not gonna rehearse all of that here. It would, it, would, it would take up the whole time of review, right? What I want to do today is I want to address some of the practical applications of this text for us today. And I want to build on the very last thing that I mentioned um, in, our, in our devotional yesterday, and it was, it was simply this. And it was a response to the most common question of all about this text. Pastor Paul, can a Christian commit the unpardonable sin? Can a Christian... Um, uh, blasphemy the Holy Spirit? And the short answer to that question is no, absolutely not. You cannot be kind of justified. You cannot be partially saved, okay? The person who's truly um, um, has had their heart regenerated, has been drawn to Christ, or is trusting in Him, is, um, is turning to Him in faith and repentance, um, there are precious, precious promises in the Bible for that person. There is no, therefore, no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Um, John says, I'm writing this so that you will not sin. But if you do sin, you will have an advocate, okay, on, on your behalf. Um, there, are, there are precious promises about how nothing can separate us from the love of God, right? Right. Um, it is by grace we have been saved through faith, not as, 
a gift, not anything that we should do that we should boast. On and on and on, precious promises, okay? So the short answer is no. Um, a truly born-again, regenerate Christian cannot commit the unfathomable sin because the Holy Spirit lives within them, okay? And the Holy Spirit's job is to illuminate Christ, to illuminate his work, um, to glorify him. Now, who is in most danger then of committing the unpardonable sin, which is the blasphemy of the Spirit, which is being fully convinced of the identity of Christ, being fully convinced by all the evidences, just as the Pharisees were, but yet refusing to believe, and instead, in fact, um, going through the whole facade of saying that, that the power one observes that one knows is coming from Christ is actually coming from Satan himself, okay? That's the blasphemy of the Spirit. Who's in most danger of committing that sin? And let me just say, it's not merely a non-Christian, okay? Because remember, Paul's, I mean, Jesus says here, okay, every sin and blasphemy will be forgiven people, right? If, if Every sin, if there is a sin that you are seeking repentance for, confession, um, trusting in Christ, you will be forgiven that sin, even blasphemy against the Son of God, killing the Son of God as as they did in Jerusalem, and yet Peter says that they repent and come to Jesus and confess their sin, they will be forgiven, okay? It's an incredible promise, right? But this blasphemy against the Spirit is not um, a sin everyone is in equal danger of committing if you're an unbeliever. It's a specific kind of unbeliever. It, in fact, it's a special species of unbeliever. In fact, it's the unbeliever who spends all of their life in church, but yet refuses to bend the knee. Okay, let me, let me explain what I'm saying. So, so, it's, so remember, it's the Pharisees who had the front row seat to the ministry of Jesus. It's the Pharisees who were the gatekeepers. It was the Pharisees who were the guardians. Um, it was the Pharisees who saw, um, I mean, they could not dispute the evidences of the work of, of the Holy Spirit. They knew that Jesus came from God, okay? That's the very clear implication. But instead of acknowledging that, bending the knee, confessing, repenting, they hardened their hearts further, and they attributed the works of God to the works of Satan. And that is where they crossed the line of no return. They were irrevocable. Uh, they refused to repent, okay? And thus... Um, God sort of passed over, right? They, 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 they remained in their sins. And so, so what does that have to do with us today? For the, belief, for, the, for the Christian, or I'm sorry, for the, for the person who grows up in the church, maybe they hear the gospel, um, maybe they read the Bible their whole life, maybe, they, maybe they're even convinced, okay, that Jesus is, is from God, right? He's the way of salvation, but yet refuse to follow him, yet refuse to, to bend the knee, who harden their hearts all the while knowing that he is who he says he is, but making a very conscious decision not to repent, not to change, not to turn to him in faith, but, but to shake their fists and to go on living their life the Bible does not have words of assurance for that person. They have words of warning, and they are found right here in this text, okay? 
It doesn't mean, by the way, that if you've shaken your fist at God and even acknowledging um, who God is, that you've shaken your fist, that you've, that you've blown it and it's all over for you. That, that, again, that doesn't what it, that's not what it means. It just means the person who, refu- who, who refuses to repent, refuses to turn to Christ, at some point in time in the future, not only will not want to, but he will not be able. Okay, And, and so if someone comes to me and says, Pastor Paul, I, I fear that I've committed the unforgivable sin, I would say the fact that you fear that you concern, you're concerned about shows that you haven't, Okay, um, because the Holy Spirit lives in you. And the struggle that you're experiencing inside over your sin is a surefire indication that God's spirit is working in your heart. It's the person who's calloused. It's the person who's dead. It's the person who's hardened. It's the person who has steeled themselves against every evidence presented to him that they are indeed blaspheming the Holy Spirit. And the warning to them is this repent, turn, change, because there might be a time in the future where um, you will be so hardened, okay, that there will be nothing in you, nothing inclining themselves in you to want to turn to Christ. So, So turn to him while there is still light. Turn to them, turn to him while there is still an open window of opportunity. Oh, turn to him today. Do not delay. I think that's the emphasis of the text. That, that's where we would want to go with this. And this is not something committed by the believer who is truly regenerate. This is something that happens when those who should know better, who have been, um, had, their, had their minds, in a sense, illuminated to, to who Jesus is, but yet in the end, walk away with hardened hearts. That's a scary, scary place to be. That is what Jesus calls the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. And it's why we have to continue to preach the gospel to ourselves, right? We preach the gospel every Sunday, preach the gospel every day, because what is, what is uh, the call? Um, today, when you hear his voice in Hebrews, it tells us, do not harden your hearts. And we pray, God, give us soft hearts, amenable hearts, um, hearts that are open, hearts that are humble, hearts that are seeking you in faith and repentance. And I think um, for those who are truly trusting in Christ, the fact that you struggle and then you can read this text should be a great assurance to you that Jesus forgives, and I'm quoting verse 31, every sin and blasphemy, even those against him. What a great encouragement that is to us. The only unforgivable sin is the one people refuse to repent of, and that is faith in Jesus Christ. All right, hope that makes sense. We'll talk a little more about this on Sunday. Let me pray. Lord, let us Take great encouragement from this text that actually you um, are drawing um, your people to yourself, to trust in you, to confess their sins, to, to walk in holiness before you, and that this is not a passage that needs to, um, to hang over us. It's a passage we need to draw encouragement from 
even as we pray for you to open eyes and hearts uh, for others to know you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks, everybody. See you Monday.